here's the big question. How is it that most entrepreneurs hustle and are always busy and struggle to take just one step forward only to fall two steps back? They're dedicated, determined, and driven, but only a few finally break through and win. This show uncovers those quantum leap patterns of highly successful people so you can simply model what they do and apply to your future success. That's the question, and the answers are right here. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. Nope, is me right here. I am here. Welcome, everyone, to the show. My name is Brigitte Höfele. I'm super honored and excited to be here with you. And if my backgrounds would just work the way that I want it to work, then we are on Thank you for being here. Brigitte Höfele, CEO of the Center of NLP and a mother of two incredible kids. I just love them, Amelie and Anna, and uh, also very, very proud wife of the Culture Guy. Today's not about me. Today's about an incredible guest, and you tuned in to hear him. He has a new book called The Authority Key, How to Unlock and Open the Doors to Success. Hello, this is the Success Pattern Show. If you know, if you want to have the key to success, you better have something ready to write on, uh, to write with, and to write on, because you want to take notes as this person speaks. We're going to discuss the four currencies of life, and we call it the life flow. This gentleman, I am super, super honored to call him friend, to call him mentor. Uh, we've been training together. I was a mentee of his back in the days. We had a lot of fun. I got a lot of feedback. And you know what? One of the success laws is there's no failure, only feedback. This gentleman is an international best-selling author. He's an app designer, an entrepreneur, a fellow trainer. He's been traveling 18 plus years around the world sharing his passion. He's shared the stage with and trained with the top trainers in the self-development world, thought leaders of today's world. He's high energy. He's heartfelt. Uh, his journey is from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32. He inspires, not just me. I know he'll inspire you. He inspires individuals to, into tapping their greatness. He realizes that it's not only one person that struggles. Robert's clues, as you will learn, open individuals to the possibilities that lie within them. And that is why he is a highly sought-after speaker, trainer, presenter, friend. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Mr. Robert Rubel. I was trying to figure out if you're talking about me or not. <laughs> How are Come you, my on, friend? <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. You know, and I, I just love. I was watching you, and I see the angelic glow around your hair, and I'm going, "Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's pretty accurate." Of course, when the horns come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Wait, to, wait. that's another show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll stay in You'll the angelic verse this one, <laughs> for this one. <laughs> Robert, it's so good to have you on. And I'm so, I'm so honored that you're here with me. You know, we go, I can say we go way back and we're not even that old yet. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like careful young lady, careful. <laughs> How did it come about that you were invited to speak on stages? like large stages, like we're talking stadium stages. How did that uh, come about? One word, um, tenacity, and then a wife who is not willing to let me play smaller than who I am. 
Mm. And those were kind of the two, uh, you know, there's no magic pills. The magic pill is Brigitte that it's hard work. You've got to be willing to commit and full on. And so, you know, uh, starting as soon as I realized that uh, personal development was changing my life, you know, hello, a three day weekend helped me go from deep in debt to financially free in a nine month period is like, oh, this worked. Um, and from that, all of a sudden, my wife and I for two and a half years are volunteering at 38 events a year to stay in the energy, give back. I find my passion is to train. And I just, I, you know, I was told by my mentor one day, he says, do you know why I put you on stage the first time? And I said, no. He says, because I could not ignore you anymore. And he didn't mean it in a negative way. He said, he said, you were, every time you're around, you're there, you're of service and you're present. And he mm -hmm. said, and I remember the day that I asked you to go on stage for the first time. I'm on stage. We're at a break. You're hosting um, a meeting off to the side. I'm trying to talk to another student from the stage, but I can't talk to him because your energy and presence just keeps grabbing my attention. He said, I kept looking over. I finally had to say, hang on a moment. He says, I watched you conduct this meeting. He said, in that moment, I made the decision that I wanted to ask you to help me because I needed help that night. And that was the day he pulled me into his car and said, hey, are you ready to take over? And I'm like, pardon me? Because <laughs> so, inside I'm going, what? <laughs> so were you inside? Were you jumping up and down? Or were you kind of questioning of, am I ready? Oh, all of it. Uh, you know, Thank goodness my wife and I had just finished a four-day Zen retreat. And so I'm in there and on the outside, I'm, I'm going ready for what? And, uh, and he says, I need you to take over for five minutes. And on the inside, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, ah, ah. I'm all over the place. But on the outside, I'm like, okay, um, what do you want me to say? <laughs> you were totally cool. <laughs> right. And then, and he, of course he says, do you have a pen and paper to write things down? And I'm like, and at that point, moment, I actually was his assistant. So I always had to have sticky notes and a pen. So I pull it out of my name tag. I'm like, yeah. And he's telling me what to say. And I'm writing, I'm listening. Uh-huh. Staying calm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Looking down at my writing and going, I'm not a freaking doctor. Why is it so messy? And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get out of the car and my wife's like, what did he want? And I'm like, I now I become basket case. I'm like, he wants me to take over tonight. She goes, what are you supposed to say? I'm like, and she looks at she goes, what the hell does that say? So I did the best I could to explain it to her. And this is like 20 minutes before um, the evening starts. And then I'm supposed to finish up, you know, the night and it, literally five minutes, Brigida. And this is why I say it's one of my clues in my book. It is amazing how five minutes can change your life. You know, um, opportunity favors the prepared and you, the opportunity is coming our way all the time, but most people are not prepared for it. Most people are just sitting there going, well, no opportunity comes my way, but it's always there. It's just whether you're prepared or not. So my wife looked at what I wrote down. And after I kind of explained it, she goes, you go get prepared mm. uh, and center yourself. I'll rewrite this so you can actually read the freaking thing. And, you know, and that night I came out, I did the five minutes, literally was thanking a guest, giving some instructions, sending everybody to bed. That was it. That was it. Five minutes. But that changed my life and put me on the um, path to world stages. That's incredible. And because I've been there, right? And, and I've been there by being led by you. And the the answer is yes. Right. When you get yep. asked, there's no there's no time to uh, think about the answer. The answer is yes. Now, you know, what's the question? What do I need to do? Am I prepared? Figure and it out can, later. Yeah. You figure it out later. 
And, you know, one of the success laws, as I said earlier, there's no failure. There's feedback. And when yep. you can come from that kind of thinking, from that kind of mindset, that you're going to get some feedback. I bet you got some oh. feedback. Oh. I know I got feedback. Well, and, and the thing was, is my feedback, actually, because I didn't get feedback from my mentor at the time because he wasn't there. He was writing a new course. That's why he needed my help. But the feedback loop I got was the moment it was done, I celebrated. The people around me celebrated. But then that night, I crashed. I crashed hard. And my wife is like, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. And she's like, bull, what's going on? And I'm like, my mind, what did crash me went, the moment I finished celebrating with friends, all of a sudden it went, that was no big deal. Oh. Right? And how many people have that as a, a, a thing that, one of the things, even today, look, Brigitte, you know, I've traveled around the world the last 20 years, personally trained over half a million people, but I still work on low self-esteem and self-doubt every mm. single day. It's still something that riddles me. And so my wife, she goes, well, what do you mean it was no big deal? I said, he would have asked anybody, it was just me. And she said, are you kidding? And all of a sudden she pulled over one of the uh, main people that worked in the company. And she said, Shelly, amazing woman. She goes, Shelly, can you tell Robert what just happened? And she goes, what do you mean? He thinks last night was no big deal. And she looked at me and she's like, are you kidding me? Kind of gave me one of those without actually touching me. And she said, he's never put anybody on the stage to help him like that before. Exactly. That was a big deal. So I started to own it a little bit. And it's okay. Okay. What's well, a big deal? Okay, great. And then the very next week we traveled to another province to do the same training. And, you know, it's like, my wife's asked me, are you prepared to do it again? I'm like, yeah, but he won't ask me. Notice what the mm -hmm. mind does. Mm -hmm. He won't ask me. And she goes, but if he does, what are you going to say? I'm like, well, I'll say yes. And to make sure I didn't have disappointment, I avoided him. If I saw him coming, I went the wrong way. I went the different ways. I tried to avoid him. And it was the second day, the night that I was helped him the last week, where all of a sudden he sees me at dinner and he comes up and he goes, well, I'm like, well, what? <laughs> He's like, are, are you, would you be able to help me out again tonight? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> You're on the inside again. I'm like, <laughs> and he goes, and then he asks this question. He goes, do you still have the notes? Now, out of my mouth, I'm going, I think so. In my brain, I'm going, of course I got him. I've already framed him. Are you kidding me? This was a big deal. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I think I can find him. He goes, great. It was so helpful last week. That would be awesome. And I did it again. And, and again, it was just like, oh. And we knew we were going to one more camp back to another province. And I crashed even harder this time. And the reason I crashed this time, Brigitte, is because also now there was someone else at the camp that was a volunteer that week that hadn't been at the previous two camps and he'd actually helped him in his coaching division. So my mind automatically went, Daniel's here. He's going to ask him. Mm -hmm. And again, thank goodness for um, my wife. Cause she's like, what's going on? And again, I'm like, nothing. She goes bull. And I said, well, Daniel's here. She's going to ask him. And, and she was like, are you kidding me? And this is the kind of the journey I went on. Even though people nowadays, they go, you don't have self-doubt. You don't have this stuff going on in your head. I'm like, uh, yeah. Am I human? I am. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm human. I am human. I, I'm not a, a T whatever from, <laughs> from Terminator. And um, so she goes, look, not only did she say, just be prepared. He's going to ask you again. I know he will. So she was my confidence for me. And that's a great success principle right there. 
you know, I do this with students I coach. I tell them because I love drawing out of people their message and showing them how to get on world stages and, and impact lives. And I tell them in the beginning, you let me be your greatest cheerleader yes. until you have the confidence, not arrogance, until you have the confidence to own it yourself. Let me be that person. Because that's what my wife was, especially in the beginning. She said, and then she asked me a question. She goes, and when he asks you again, do you want to do more? And I'm like, what do you mean? Do you, would you like to do more than just what you did? And I'm like, of course I would. She goes, then ask. I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't you know who he, and I, my mind went into that whole thing. And she goes, look, here's what I want you to say. If he asks you to do it again, say, I'd be honored. And if there's anything else you'd like me to do, I'd be honored to do that as well. And then she goes, and at that point, shut up. <laughs> so in my mind. That's when, the best advice right there. Oh, right. Ask and then shut up. Yeah. Because, he, you know, again, I avoided him. That second night, he comes up. There you are. Are you ready? And I said, I'd be honored. I can do it again. And if there's anything else you'd like me to do, I'd love to do that as well and be honored. And then I went, <laughs> like in my mind, I'm like. <laughs> www.zipit.com and all of a sudden he looks up and he goes you know tomorrow we do this process do you think you could teach that and again i'm going yep and on the inside i'm going i don't know <laughs> but because i had learned all the training techniques i knew i could and he said let me think about it and sure enough that then ended up becoming my very first official piece of data was the next day and it, i did as a co-train because he came back he said I want you to do it, but I want you to do it with um, this amazing you know, woman. And I said, absolutely. Me and Jennifer to teach this, done. And we both co-trained it. And it was my first piece, official piece of data. So that is just, you know, those lessons, I still go back to them. Because even two weeks ago, Brigitte, I was watching an interview we had, did two years ago when this whole world change happened. Mm -hmm. And I was re-watching and he gave out advice again. He says, be the middle person. He says, what do you mean? Mo most of our strife that comes in life is when we look at someone and we elevate them because it's like, oh my God, look how amazing they are. Like I was doing to him. Or we look putting down on, a pedestal, on them. You mean? Yes, putting them on a pedestal. Or we look down on people. He said, the moment you raise someone on a pedestal or you look down, you're trying to say you're different than them. But if you come in as a middle person that we're all the same, we came from the same place, we're going back to the same place. That's when you can be the middle person and realize, and, and think of it like this, Brigitte, people will look at you and I go, I can't do what they do. And it's like, why? We're just human like you are. It's like hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> and plain and simple. We came from the same place. We're going back to the same place. Now, is it possible you and I, from our experiences, have different information that they may not have? Absolutely. But let's flip that around. How many of your listeners, how many of your followers have information you and I don't have? That's right. that, so when I'm in front of an audience, I'm watching and learning as much as I can from them as they're learning from me. That's why I'm always observing. I'm watching. I'm taking in. Plain and simple. Robert, there's so much to talk about. And I want to ask you so many questions. And one <laughs> is over all the years, and you have been on on all of these big stages and spoken you know on large stadium stages how do you remain being humble because you're a very humble person well thank you um i just it's because i'm just me 
uh, you know, um, the Olympics just finished. And if we were talking Olympic sport, I was a world-class people pleaser. I was a gold medalist. I would have been the gold medalist for Canada as a people pleaser. And when I realized that here's me, this is all I can be. And either people are going to like me or they don't. And if they like me, that's awesome. If they don't, that's awesome. The moment I realized that, all of a sudden I started noticing how much time, energy, how tired I was trying to be someone else to please people who wanted me to be different. And so all of a sudden the energy I got from just being me and saying, if you like me for who I am, that that's the people I want to be around because I don't have time to try and be someone else. And it was another mentor, you know, Blair Singer, love him. He said, Robert, he said, never be afraid to meet a student somewhere in the world and have to figure out who to be. He says, if you're always you, then you'll never have that issue. And, and I, you and I know we've met students in the wildest places around the world. And it's like one of the reactions I get, you are just as crazy in real life as you are on stage. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I remember you, Christian, and I sitting down in that pub, I think in Martha's Vineyard a few years ago at a mastermind, and just having bangers and mash and just yep. being good old people because that's all we are. Take yeah. the old part out. Good people. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good young people. And that's right. And and you know, there's so many great memories that I have within our mastermind, within you know our our friendship and uh, the greatness that I've learned from you. And you know, we have a few comments here. I just want to share them really quick. AJ is calling in from South America. Paquita nice. is saying hi. It's almost like a reunion, right? Um, love that these people are continuing to follow you, to follow themselves, to follow me, to follow greatness, to step into and elevate their own greatness. And I think if we don't walk away with anything today, it is be that middle person. It, and and I, I love to um, share this in, in, in my own teaching. Don't put people on pedestals. Don't put yourself on pedestals. Don't put other people on pedestals, but be that middle person. And, and it also, I know from you that as a leader, as a world-class leader, you're a learner. You, the, the, the learning never ends. Oh, you better believe it doesn't end. There's no time for it, Dan. And, and, and that came from, you, know, you talk about the failures, only feedback, because every time I look at my life when it slid backwards, and I look at why has that started to happen is because I quit learning or I forgot to make time to be that learner. And the moment I catch it, it's like, whoa, okay, step it back up. What can I learn new? And so I'm always looking for something new to learn because of that fact that I don't want my life to slide backwards. You know, yeah. I burnt out doing too many trainings when I first started, you know, my first four and a half years in, I was doing 40 to 50 full on trainings around North America. And then the world and I was at home on average two days a month. I was living my passion, but I was overliving it. And I had I had to and chose to take a year off to you know kind of go on a sabbatical because I needed time off. And that turned into three and a half years because one, I got comfortable again. As I got through the burnout, I quit learning. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm in no hurry. Oh yeah, you know, I, I, I herniated my back and I'm going through these back surgeries. So that's a good reason not to do anything again. I'll just sit at home and, you know, and sit in the hot tub or, or just go for a walk. And, and all of a sudden I started realizing overliving the passion, bad, not living it at all, bad. bad. And so it was, how do I come to that balance? 
And when I came out of retirement, it was because here's what I've realized too, Brigitte, balance people think is like, it's like, oh, everything's perfect. And when we talk about mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial, because we are holistic, to me, what I've noticed is balance is when you adjust, you adjust because mm -hmm. things are always changing. So that to me is balance. So when I came out of retirement, I said, I'm not going to put my body and my system in that um, shape again and not take care of myself. So I took myself to 20 trainings a year maximum I do around the world. And then, so from when I came out of retirement in 2012, for the next eight years, I was doing 19 or 20 full-on trainings a year around the world, traveling 200,000 miles a year on average around the world, but I still took six months a year off. So there, there was a boundary. There is mm -hmm. a boundary. Absolutely. Right? There's oh, gotta be a boundary. I, and I'm glad you said that because there was a boundary before, but I let it be pushed. See, we're all responsible for not only setting our boundaries, but holding them. And I will take ownership that I allowed them to be pushed. Every time I said, I want to slow down. Well, what about this event? Yeah, I can do it. Cause I was still in some other people pleasing mode. Why? Because, well, if I don't, then someone else will surpass me and I won't be on stages anymore. Not owning my value. Was there a fear of missing out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and Cause everything that this world has given me in the training arena, and I don't know if, if you even realize this, did you know that before I became a trainer, I'd never traveled outside of North America? Unless you consider a Caribbean cruise outside of America. But no, I hadn't. As a German, no, I don't consider that. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and I, I just slaughtered that accent. But <laughs> good. And so also, and that was kind of part of the burnout because also in 2007, I get to go to Asia for the first time. And also I, I go from what I thought was big crowds to a big crowd. <laughs> and really I went from, crowd. yeah. And also it was like, I'm supposed to take over all of Asia. I'm supposed to take over, you know, after a year, but I'm going, but I'm last two years. I've been saying I want to slow down. How do I slow down? I'm adding more on. And, and I'm training trainers at the same time. I'm not just training on the stage. I'm training multiple trainers at the same time, having assistance um, trainers. So coaching them, guiding them, kicking them in the butt to get them ready to lead. And so no wonder I got burnt out. So, it, but the journey going back to, Everything I look back at, I get a question every once in a while, Brigitte, of if I could go back to my 18-year-old self or even as I started my training journey, what would I tell myself to do different? And I struggled with that because to me, everything I've gone through has made me who I am today, Right. especially that what didn't work. So why would I want to change it? Because then I wouldn't be able to help someone that maybe I can help today that if I change that, I wouldn't be able to understand what they're going through. And would, do you really think that you would be who you are today and would have gone, had the opportunities that you were presented, right? It's all about the possibilities. And we have yeah. a choice to look yeah. at, is it, a, is, it, is it a challenge or is it a possibility or an opportunity? We have yeah. a choice to look at it from those two different angles. And I'm curious, you know, you being out there a lot, very visible, and then going into the pandemic. I remember, I think, were you in Malaysia when the pandemic hit? Or at some point you India. were? India. India. Coming back from India. Yeah. Yeah. Changed, were, the world changed while I was in the air. <laughs> literally. Yep. And how did, how did you, and I'm going to use a word that I despise myself, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better one. It starts with P. How'd you pivot? 
Yeah. <laughs> reinvent. Let's use that word. Mm -hmm. And yes, well, you. for the first two weeks, uh, I went into victim mode. Mm -hmm. I actually, my mind made me sick. What is this COVID thing? What is this? All that. And physically made myself sick, even though I didn't have it. But once my wife and I got through it and realized we were doing that to ourselves, we asked two very powerful words that I live by today. It's what's next. Mm -hmm. And the moment we did that, that's when, like what you and, and Christian are going through right now with your build, we decided to reinvent and live a dream we had been planning on. We had purchased three years earlier a beautiful acreage with the intent of five, six, seven years down the road, building our own training center on it. Well, it's like, hey, what's next? You're at home. We have the time. And so we decided to start building. It took just over a year for everything. But now I'm in my office. I've This weekend, I do my very first super Zoom room training from my 1,500 square foot training center on the other side of this wall. And I'm excited about that. But the moment we said, what's next? Then all of a sudden, all the fear came in. Fear what how? If? Well, oh. hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue gone. It's going to cost you a few hundred thousand to build it. What if, we don't know how long it's going to last. Thank goodness we have other businesses. But what if, what if, what if, what if? And then we came to two more very, very powerful words. All in. Mm -hmm. You see, yeah. it's when we give ourselves that plan B that we will then, our mind will find a reason to go to plan B. Oh, see, it's not working because of this. And we hit a lot of obstacles on our build. We hit a lot of, it was supposed to be done last April. Well, it took until the end of December to be done. And so it was like, we would, we could have given up on many times, but it was like, no, we're all in. We're going to make this work. And when you're all in, there's no excuse. No more exactly. arguments, no excuses. Right. You know, when, when we moved, when we said we're going to move to the States, my father-in-law said, you're crazy. What are you going and to you do? Said, and you said, thank what? you. Yes, we are. Yeah, I said, yeah, I mean, you know, it took you that long to figure that out. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, and, and he said, but what if you fail? And I said, but if, what if we succeed? Yeah. And then for me, there was never a, a, a seed of a thought that we wouldn't. And I think that's yep. the difference, right? It is. When you don't even allow that seed of thought that there's no plan and, B. And, and that's why you want to have the people around you mm -hmm. that are not like-minded, they're growth-minded. And, and again, look, I just got this a year and a half ago, another um, real realization, another just paradigm shift from another one of my mentors where he said, Robert, if you're surrounded by people who are complainers and you're like-minded, you're going to be a complainer, plain and simple. He said, but if you surround yourself with growth-minded people, which like as an example, Brigitte, you and I for each other, growth-minded people, we're there to um, pick each other up if we stumble. We're there to uh, cheer each other on when we're doing amazing, but we're also the ones willing. And I want your audience to listen to this part. Willing to have the tough conversations when they're meant to be had. So as an example, Roxanne, the greatest gift that she gives me is not let me play smaller than I am. She has to kick me in the butt sometimes because I'm always receptive, always to her ideas of how to play bigger, always not. And so, but because she's willing to stand in her power and say, what about this? Or why are you playing small? Those are the people I choose to have in my life because mm -hmm. I want to keep growing. I want to keep impacting people. So if I go stagnant, I'm done. Yeah. You either learn or you die. There's no in between. There's yep. really, it's a, it's a, it's a black or white kind of thing. Right. Yep. And I love that feedback because that's when you learn. And, and that's why I love the saying and the success law that there is only feedback. There is no failure. 
boy, you know, and, 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 and I know that you had a lot of feedback in your life. I know I had a lot of feedback <laughs> in my life, but I, ch it's a choice for me to look at it that way. Yeah. You know, so, probably the, the funnest stage I was ever on. And I just finished three weeks earlier having my first um, microdiscectomy back surgery. I wasn't supposed to be on stage, but I'm like, I can't not be on the stage because we had the Dalai Lama. We had Sir Richard Branson. We had F.W. De Klerk, Les Brown, Vision Lacchiani, Barbara DeAngelis, uh, and 16 other mind-blowing thought leaders that were on this stage. And I was you know, doing my best. I'm, I was on painkillers all the way through. I was doing my best to sit there and, and sit down in between and not do too much to hurt my back, not realizing sitting down was doing worse. And three days later, after the event, I had done too much. I re-herniated my desk, ended up back in the hospital three weeks for the swelling to go down before having a second surgery. Now, I could have looked back on that and went, are you stupid? What did you do? But I look back and go, you know what? I paid a price for a choice I made, and I'm okay with that. Would I do it again? Hell no. <laughs> but in that moment, to be able to have a green time room with those kind of people, I was like, and Amazing. I knew a lot of them already, but uh, hello, the Dalai Lama, Richard Branson, hello, F.W. the clerk, Stephen Covey Sr., one of the final um, presentations he did. Wow. I, and I have pictures with all of them. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but remember, we're not putting people on pedestals. Yeah, what so, are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your new book. Yes. Tell we us didn't even get it. into that. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. So that means you need to come back. I mean, it's, uh, if you oh, want to come oh, back. Okay. I know, I know. Oh, it's hard arm. to twist your <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the stage of writing it right now. Yeah. That's that's and, exciting. And um, mm. you wrote another book, Success Leaves. Mm -hmm. Well, success left a clue. It's up on the shelf over my shoulder. Imagine how that got placed on not only <laughs> under the screen with your branding, but off to the side of it as well. How did that happen, Brigida? <laughs> it's magic. You do you do great magic. And and it's these clues, right? It's these success patterns that yeah. we, Robert Brigida, and many, many other people have gone through challenges, have taken obstacles and learn from them and are sharing them with you. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't get much simpler than that, right? It's great well, to learn from your own mistakes. It's even yes. better to learn from someone else's mistakes. It is. And, and you know, um, you hit on something very, when you're talking about easy and simple, and one of the things that um, I want people to know, if they choose to read my book, I, I could have made it a thousand page manual that gave you all the quantum physics, all the science behind the steps that I put the people through It'd be a thousand pages long. Most people would get through five pages and they'd put it down. So I on purpose made it very, very simple. And some people go, it can't be that easy, that simple. So do not let the simplicity fool you. Do not, I'm going to say again, do not let the simplicity fool you because if you know that, you know, success is not easy. You got to put work in. But it is simple if you follow the steps that someone's yes. done before you. And that's yes. the key right there. Yeah, I love that. Robert, how do people get in touch with you? Well, as it's scrolling across the bottom of the screen right now, if they have, oh, and popped up, I love the technology. If they go to robertrealpel.com, just by name, then they're actually, as our gift, see, Brigida, you are so gracious enough to have me on your show. Well, I believe our, one of our most precious commodities is our time. And the fact that you took your time to have me and the fact that your audience took their time to listen to our craziness, I, I honor that. And so if they go to robertrealpel.com, 
they're actually going to be able to download the entire digital copy of Success Left a Clue as our gift to them Wow! with a caveat, with a caveat. See, the caveat is this. Because step number three in the book is you got, have to take action, I did not write it for someone to take it, put it on the shelf, make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote it. So I wrote it as a work manual where there's actual action steps all the way through. And you know me being crazy. I even put in there, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now. Go back, do that action before you read any further. Because I know people are creatures, excuse me, creatures of habit. And I guarantee if you download the book and you read it and do the action steps, your life will go to another level. And an extra little bonus too is um, because I'm in that giving stage right now, Brigitte, anybody um, who goes to download the book, they're also going to be able to book a one-on-one with me, 20-minute strategy session, no sales, where I just, they have to fill out a questionnaire so I can help them in whatever they're struggling in their life. And in 20 minutes, I give them some very solid um, success principles and things that they can do, strategies that they can put into place right away to take their life up. And, and that's a, something I'm doing as a gift to people. And Guys, so I'd love to invite them. 20 minutes with Robert Raymond Riopel. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When I started learning from Robert, I wanted to be around him just five minutes and learn from his genius. And, and I thank you for being so generous to, to our listeners and our viewers. One last question I have for you, and we're going way over it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you're the boss, so you know, it's your show. <laughs> well, you say so. <laughs> um, I, I will tell Christian that you said that. <laughs> what do you do over and over? It's almost like a subconscious recurring pattern that leads to an outcome that you desire? What does it start with and, and what's the action in it? Well, you know, you in simplify. the mornings, well, yeah, in the mornings, the way I start my day is I'm always aware of the first thought that comes into my mind. I'm watching for it. And if it's negative, non-supportive whatsoever, I just pass it on and I replace it with something that supports me. Because, you know, how many times have we woke up and going, oh my God, today's going to be a crappy day. And then it tends to turn out that way. So if I catch myself, then I automatically replace it with a supportive thought. And something a friend of mine, Greg Montana, he, I love what he says. He says, I take five minutes in the morning. And this is what I practice now too, is I take five minutes and I sit on the side of my bed and I visualize what would the most perfect day be for me today? And he actually creates the whole day in his mind. Now, does it mean that's the way the day is going to turn out? Not necessarily, but again, in a much better position. And a mantra I'm using over and over and over again, because Brigitte, being no different than anybody else, I still get stuck in my own crap. And if I'm hanging on to something and I notice it, that is hanging on, then I, because I love animated movies, because there's more lessons than for the adults than there is the kids, in my own opinion. I go to Frozen and I just, I actually will sing it loud sometimes or I'll sing it in my head. Let it go, let it go. That's the only part of the song that I know. And that's the only part I need to know because the moment I start physically or mentally singing it, it's like I let that weight off of like, why am I hanging on to this crap? What a great pattern interrupt. Let it go. It's that simple. Thank you, Robert, for being here. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your genius, and your love. I will have you back. That is a promise, not a threat. You ask, I will be there. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Get in touch with robertreappell.com. 
Robert Riopel at robertriopel.com. Thank you so much, Robert, for being here. Thank you for tuning in to The Success Pattern Show at www.thesuccesspatternshow.com. My name is Brigitte Hufelet. 